FBSC Finance brings you 30 Minutes in Finance, your weekly finance-related podcast. I'm your host, David Garbett. Now on with the podcast. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, today I've got Alex Vickery on. Hi, Alex. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. Um, for everyone that's listening, could you just give us a, a quick introduction about yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So um, I'm a property finance broker. Um, I mostly focus on the investment side. So as you can imagine, mostly development finance, land purchases, or um, any sort of investment properties from blocks of flats, hotels, mostly aiming at the commercial sector and the uh, residential investment sector. Okay, perfect. Thanks. And in terms of um, your sort of history, how long have you been doing this for? Um, I, I've been uh, in the industry for around six to seven years now. Um, so I like to think I've seen it all. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Can you give us a, a little sort of breakdown on sort of how you got into the industry um, and sort of where you are um, now and, and how that sort of progressed and what the areas that you've actually sort of operated in? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, I joined the role um, a close friend of mine um, was the head of HR for a large packager. And um, this is a new industry I always wanted to get into. Um, so I asked if I could try and get in. And the only role that was applicable for me at the time was as a business development manager. So I'd be on the phones uh, making calls to other uh, brokers, mortgage advisors, and try and get their business. And then eventually I was thrown right into the deep end and became a, a broker or an advisor, however you want to label us these days. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then from that, um, I proceeded on to going through other packages and now um, starting my own business. Oh, brilliant. And when you say, obviously, you always wanted to get into this industry, what mm -hmm. was it that actually kind of prompted you or, or what sort of enticed you into this world is it the money um, that, that's always people are lying if they don't say it's it's <laughs> not that but but I think one of the key things was um it's, it's just a good job to have it, it, it's it's very much I always compare the financial services industry like a trade um when you compare yourself to like you know, uh, like a plumber or an electrician or something along those sorts. It's one of those jobs that you have to do for a long time to specialize at. And yeah, it's just one of those things that I found it'd be a very good trade to have because we'll always have property that'll be worth something and we'll always have people who want to uh, add that property to their portfolio. So it just um, ticked a lot of boxes mentally for me, really. Yeah, no, that that makes sense, and I think it is. It's growing. I think as more people get into property and everything, um, you've just started up your own business. Then, do you want to give mm. us a a quick sort of overview of what you're looking to do with that, um, and where yeah, you yeah. see it going? Well, of course. So, um, I've started off literally just um, a small company to deal with current clients and. Uh, newer portfolio clients just to help them with their um, ongoing property acquisitions 
or um, future endeavors as well, including refinances. So mostly I'm sticking to the unregulated fields of uh, bridging, uh, development finance, and um, yeah, just, just going down that route. But also, um, for anything else that is not uh, my cup of tea, I've, I've got um, some close companies that I've worked with previously were helping um, assist me in that category because it's always good to uh, have friends who are in brokerages and uh, especially especially packages. So yeah, yeah I, I like to think that I can still do most of the things that I can do now, but I can I can delegate a lot more of it, focus on the the meat and potatoes, as they say. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And in terms of the the business that you're actually seeing, is it mostly those developers and portfolio landlords? Well, that's the funny thing. I've always, um, throughout my career, for what I've been doing, I've always attracted a lot of cases that have um, had difficulties with other avenues so you'll always have a lot of people who have given the wrong advice or uh, or a thought a lender could do something for them but they just didn't know their criteria or their just the way they worked really and I've always picked up on those cases and I like to think I've saved a lot of those deals and put people in a better position that's that's always my sort of uh, role that's followed me all these years really and is that why you sort of decided to go out on your own that you were rescuing other people and they thought hey if I'm, I'm sort of saving it all the time might as well take all of the, the sort of upside as well yeah well it's it's that but also it's the um as as, as you can imagine um when i was working as a packager um, it was an employed role, so it's very hard to focus just on one or two or three or four cases. Um, you, as a packager, you're tremendously busy. You're dealing with so many cases, and um, it's nice now to deal with um, clients that I can focus on. But also on the other side of things, because it's my business now and I'm dealing directly with these clients, um, a lot of the fees that entailed with uh, larger packages and things like that, um, I don't have to put on their bill. So not only is it saving my clients money, but things I like to think things are getting done quicker and uh, smoother because I've got a lot more focus on their cases and I can, and I can delegate a lot of it out, like I mentioned before, with um, other packages that I trust and, yeah. Yeah, because on the, the packager side, because there, there's quite a few large ones, uh, are they sort of mainly like sort of rate driven in terms of do they just sort of whack stuff out to the cheapest lenders um, and have good relationships with a few or, or is it really kind of do they spread the load? Um, to, to, be, to be honest with you, packages, um, uh, you know, they have to be very regulated so best advice is always key and and one thing i've experienced working for packages is that it's not always rate driven a lot of the time they will go with uh, the right product for the right client which is exactly what you should be doing but one thing that i've noticed on the investment side of things uh, when it comes to best advice is also uh, you can tend to 
obviously everything's profit driven. So if a lender comes to you and says to you, right, okay, I can give you the best rate and I'll give you the best prop fee and I'll give you the best service. And then you go down that road with this new lender, this new product and this best advice ticks everywhere. But then sometimes because you haven't experienced that lender or that product or something's changed internally for them, um, loopholes can appear. Do you know what I mean? Certain things are yeah. just caught in this circle of can you get me this information? Can you get me this information? And that's when that's when the alarm bells start ringing for clients and people start getting worried. And a lot of the time people will pull out. These things can happen. Or the or the case, worst case scenario, the case can um fall through the cracks. So the good thing about what I think I'm doing is not only am I saving the clients on fees and getting close to the interest rates at the point, sometimes even beating or matching the interest rates um, the packages are offering, but also I'm offering them um, dedication, which I think is key in this industry. You really need to dedicate yourself um, to your clients and show them that, you know, it, it means the world to you as much, not as much to them, but, you know, it, it, it does it does mean a lot for you to keep that repeat business and um, also make sure that their dreams come through on the end of it, you know? Yeah. I was just going to say that one thing I've noticed a lot in the industry at the moment is um, there's a lot of prime bridging out there. There's a lot of really good interest rates out there. But the, what, but the thing is, what I've noticed is the lower the interest rate you go, um, the tougher the deal is to get across on a lot of instances. This isn't always the case. So a lot of the time, I, I when I speak to my clients, I'll say to them, right, how quickly do you need this to get done? And then based on my experience, I'll lay out a plan and say, right, okay, well, I've got this lender I've worked with for a long time. I know their processes. They're more expensive than X, Y, or Z, but they'll get it done on this date. But if you don't mind waiting another <laughs> within with this industry another month or two, we can aim at going down that route. So, yeah, it's just, it's a lot more customizable. Yeah, because I think that is the, the key. It's that deliverability factor that a lot of people don't take into account. Um, and obviously, as a lender that isn't the cheapest, uh, we yeah. we know all about that side of things. Um, but going back to, obviously, sort of yourself as a person, given the, the sort of role that you're doing, what would you say your sort of day job is if somebody it described it to you, would you say you're more of a, a sort of salesperson or an advisor or, or just a general entrepreneur? Um, how would you describe yourself? To, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> this sounds strange, but to be honest with you, I, I think of myself as more of um, a, a business partner to a lot of these people. Um, a lot of a lot of the people I work with. I'll help them as much as I can in all categories that I'm applicable to. So we'll discuss, not only will we discuss the finance, we'll discuss, is this a good idea for me to do? How much interest will I be paying? So we'll do a long-term plan based on my experience to see if a deal works for them. Because a lot, a lot of the people I've worked with, I've helped grow their portfolios tremendously. So a lot of the time they do rely on my advice, not from just a, from a, a a property finance broker, but as not so much as a friend, but as a as a 
oh, how easy will this deal be to get across the line? And how, how, how much will I get towards my bill costs? How much interest will I be paying in the long term? How easy is it for me to refinance? There's, I know it sounds a lot like I'm just talking like a property finance broker, but a lot of the time, if I think it's going to be a detriment to my client, I'll let them know because I, I would prefer them um, save their money and save their stress to find something better for themselves. And that's happened on many occasions. And to be honest with you, um, it's got a 100% success rate. Um, so it's a yes. business partner and a, it, it just works. Yeah, yeah bit of a, a sounding board where they can sort of bounce ideas off uh sort of off you and, and get a, a sense of does this work as that's it, i think that's their key is once you really understand their business and what they're after it does allow you to sort of really actually help you you become a cog in their machine as opposed to just somebody that comes in and leaves them be and goes here's your offer <laughs> and then sort of leaves them be uh, to, to just get everything sorted um when it comes to your actual client base are, are you generally geographically restricted or do you have them is there any sort of particular area you work more in no not at all actually so um predominantly i deal with um clients who are around the london area um but I, I've got clients in Bristol, uh, like I mentioned, London, Scotland, and I've got a lot of foreign national clients, um, as you can imagine, because I do a lot of investment finance. There's a lot of um, investors overseas who my contacts are in touch with, and um, I assist them. For example, I've got um, one, uh, well, I say broker, but he's more of a friend. Um, he introduces um, a lot of clients from uh, from Greece because that's where he's from and he spends a lot of time over there and I deal with a lot of his clients. Um, I've got a lot of family business that I deal with. So I've got a lot of um, Asian clients who, who um, bring in um, brothers, sisters, cousins, etc. Their friends, their friends um, to help deal with their investment property purchases and refinances as well and, and structuring as well so you know help, help them structure deals and how they can maximize their profits and everything else so yeah it, it, it's very it, it's very widely sourced but the, the key thing is it always comes from a happy client and that's what i like to do i, I always i love getting repeat business from someone who trusts me for what i do because you know, if if your if your best friend or your brother or your sister came to you and said, "This guy really looked after me when I got my buy to let, or when I got my commercial property, he really ticks the boxes for me." And also, it 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 creates the mindset for them to do the same thing that their brother or sister did. So they'll say, "Right, yeah, go speak to this guy. Go speak to this guy." And yeah, it uh it works. And is that sort of the vast majority of you where your where your business actually comes from, sort of referrals? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time it's on a referral basis. Um, yeah, a lot of the time it'll be out of the blue and someone will message me and say, oh, hi, yeah, you helped so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so ago. Um, can you speak to my cousin or my uncle or whatever? And yeah, we'll go from there. And, uh, Awesome. And as you haven't been 
uh, sort of long um, as a no, a not at all, not at all. So just what is it, a, a month or so, or um, but obviously. Well, in well, the, to be the honest with you, I, I I only just got incorporated. Uh, yeah, Friday of last week. To be honest with you, yeah. my camps so, just well, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great. Congratulations. That's, that's a you. big first step. And obviously, in terms of for other people listening that might be just mm. getting into it, um, mm. how did you find that process in terms of have you gone down the regulated route or is that a step you're going to look at in the future? Um, um, yeah. 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 I, I will. I want to stick to um, the unregulated space, but I do want to start looking at more of the term funders and a lot of them require. Uh, to be on the FCA register, which is something I'm definitely going to look into. Um, but at the moment, I'm just going to stick to um, bridging. So that, that that covers the majority of fields. So, you know, you've got your first child, second child, bridging, your development finance, um, your, your land purchases, your uh, foreign national, your um, expats, but also, uh, I can look at bridging in other countries as well. So um, most EU countries we can look at, so it's not a problem. Uh, but from um, a new person looking in, uh, <laughs> um, I would say your best bet personally is to join a network of some sort or become a trainee of some sort and get as much experience um, as possible. Um, but also, from the from the uh, there's a lot of social experience that you need as well so you'll you'll see a lot of people jump into this industry and just try and take off for a lot of time what they'll do is they'll they'll start the social approach first so they won't know any of the products too well they know what they do but what they do know what to do is get people to be interested in what they're saying and how they say it then they'll then they'll try and place it and that's where it falls down. So really what you need to do is you need to get that social part. You need to know that you can get business in, but also at the same time is learn your products. Yeah. Would you say and it's not the sort of industry that you can fake it till you make it? Not at all. As soon as you fake it once. Um, you get the, caught out. <laughs> oh, very much so, very much so. And, and the thing is a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who do dive into their first attempt in, um, investment property purchasing or refinancing they're aware and of um, to be honest a lot of them are, are like little brokers themselves they'll know what bridging is they'll know what um, buy to let mortgages are they're aware of interest only capital repayment and everything else they're even aware of certain lenders and basic criteria so if you go knocking at their door thinking you're going to snag a large portfolio landlord prepare to be tested and if you haven't done your homework yeah they will close the door and you'll never speak to them again yeah no i, I think that and that is um it is the key to to all successful brokers obviously we work with dozens if not sort of tens of dozens um all the time with our own funding um and you can really mm -hmm. tell the difference between some of them that uh, just know everything um, know all the lenders know you know are very comfortable um and some others that are, are just learning and, and that's obviously you've got to take the time to do that and if, if how have you sort of picked up most of your knowledge is it just by doing and talking to lenders or to, to be honest because i work for such 
a lot of the packages I work for, I'm not going to mention any names, are very big and very good at what they do. And um, like like all things, there's not really a training program for being a broker. It's very experience driven. You have to you have to do the job to learn the job, and the social skills come along with that because because it's um, on an employed basis. Um, you have to get as much in as possible. You have to complete as much as possible, but also um, giving a good service on the end of that for the broker and the client that you're dealing with. So you experience a lot of everything, a lot of everything. So how I learned myself, I, I've, I've got a pretty good memory. Um, so what I, I used to do was whenever I got a case in, I'd have the criteria in front of me. And I think, right, who's going to be the best fit for this case? And I would go through criteria, 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 until it, until in the end, um, you just absorb it, really. You just uh, get that information. And eventually, you'll get a case, and you'll be, oh, yeah, that was like Mr. Jones's uh, three weeks ago. And you try and find out if it's exactly the same or along those lines, and... Yeah, that's what you do. It's, 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 there's a lot of repetition involved. Uh, no case is exactly the same, but yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the best. Do you find it? Yeah, it, it now is a lot easier when you get something in. It sort of does it just pop into your head. You go, okay, that's a X Y Z lenders deal, um, and then if they find something wrong with it, you go, okay, if they don't like it, I can move to this. Or do you do a a sort of get a gun approach and go all right i'll send it to these five or do you know exactly which lender to, to sort of try with initially yeah well i've got a lot of um good relationships in the industry with a lot of lenders um so because i've dealt with them and spoke to them on a personal level and on a business level you, you kind of get a feeling for the case you, you get it, it sounds strange, but it almost becomes like a, a new part of your brain, <laughs> this business sourcing part of your brain where you just think, no, nah, they won't like that. Yeah, they'll like that. And then you'll go down that route. And yeah. maybe I'll speak to two, three, maybe even four lenders. I think it'll fit the criteria for and just go from there. Yeah, because is that obviously, do you think it's always best to get uh, a couple of lenders um, opinions and views and rates on it just so that you can go back to the client with multiple options uh, as you were saying earlier obviously this one might be a little bit more expensive but this is the pros for this one but these are the cons um, and that kind of thing is that generally the, the approach you take yeah but yeah it is but like like you mentioned back then like how I mentioned about um, rate isn't always best advice and, that, and that's true for a lot of instances because a lot of people don't realize, yes, people will be paying more interest and everything else. But the, the key phrase out of all of this is time is money. So, I mean, some people can't afford to wait two or three months to get a refinance done to move in for a deposit of an investment or to repay something uh, like a mortgage or something along those lines. And again time is money um especially in this in the way we are at the moment if i'm doing a refurbishment project for a client and we're weighing up how much i can get them day one and what the bill costs are with everything going bill costs are going through the roof at the moment so the longer i'm waiting to get things done people are actually losing money 
So, yeah, you have to weigh up all odds. It's not just all about interest. A lot of it, a lot of the money can be um, lost through, you know, clients pulling out because you've taken so long and they've just lost a, a 5 or 10% deposit. Um, solicitor costs going up because it's taking longer. Um, valuers um, not having the availability available. There's so many different variables there that can cost a lot more than an extra 0.1 or 0.2% interest or even half a percent of interest. You know, it's, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, you really have to weigh up all the odds and look after your clients to see um, what's best for them, really. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. And I think in regards to um, the actual interest rates, obviously, with the base rate uh, sort of creeping up, have you noticed mm. that sort of pull into the bridging world yet? Or are we still? Oh, massively. Uh, yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, if you look at the commercial mortgage rate, or even the um, buy to let rates, where adverse, well, not even adverse, but slight adverse or some issues or something along those lines. Some of the interest rates that they're firing out at the moment around the six to seven percent mark. Wow. So yeah, that's a, yeah, that's bridging levels. With some of the low cost bridges, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you're quoting something like 0.6 or 0.7, and there's no early redemption costs, where those buy to lets would have early redemption costs. If anything, you're saving the money. And yeah. yeah, and especially if you're buying and flipping or you're buying and enhancing the property, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer to look at bridging at the moment. So if anything, it's a detriment to a lot of people. But for a lot of people who are buying flipping property or improving properties or have unmortgageable assets that they want to refinance on, yeah, bridging's really um taking a step up at the moment. Perfect. And I, I'm conscious of the time, so I just don't want to make sure, yeah. you know, we drag on too long. But do you want to um, sort of if anyone wants to find you or how do they go about finding you? Do you want to sort of let people know where, where they can get a hold of you? Sure, sure. Well, um, I've got quite a large presence on LinkedIn just through the years of doing it, saying some of the... Uh, um, strange endeavors that I've been on in the finance industry and helping a lot of people. So yeah, please find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you just search for um, Alex Vickery, uh, you, you'll probably notice me. <laughs> uh, my company's called uh, VIPF. Uh, that'll be shortly listed, which is uh, Vickery Investment Property Finance. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's probably the best way. Um, and from LinkedIn, I can quite happily introduce you to um, why everyone's working on WhatsApp or my email or anything else like that. No problems at all. Perfect. And do you have a website yet? Not yet. I've just got incorporated, but <laughs> I'll have a landing <laughs> yeah. page or something for up soon. I, 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 I paid some money to get the domain. So yeah, I, I have to, I have to use it soon when, when my clients and uh, lenders allow me to. <laughs> yeah. Once you get that, let me know and I'll, I'll add it on to the, the, footnote to this as well so um, but yeah that that is brilliant Um, thanks so much for your time Alex obviously we can do this again I'm sure there's a whole lot more we can talk about Um, but for now thank you very much for your time and I'll speak to you soon thank you very much as well and uh, yeah we'll get something sorted cool cheers